At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. tell you about the time. Uh, gee, you know, I don't think I ever told this story, and I think I should tell this story. Mario, uh, I'll tell you what let's do. Let's save this story that I was just about to tell. It just hit me when I'm sitting here in the middle of all this talk about Christmas and everything. I'm going to save this story for Christmas Day, the, the show from... And, and by the way, that reminds me... Uh, for those of you who have been wondering, before we go any further at all, we will not be at the limelight on Christmas Eve. We will not, I repeat, we will not be at the limelight, or rather Christmas Day, excuse me. We will not be at the limelight Christmas Day. However, I will be on the air Christmas Day. Uh, I will not, however, be downtown. So, and one, one more thing must be added. We will be at the limelight, however, next week, which is to say uh, January 1st, which will be New Year's Day. 
I will be down there ready. I'll, I'll have this paper hat on, and I'll blow things and yell and holler and fall over and have a headache and all that stuff and be, you know, just rotten. So it'll all fit. But, you know, I was going... It just suddenly hit me on this Christmas Eve. It just hit me to tell that story about uh, about the time when I was about... Gee, I must have been about 16 or 17 years old. And, uh, in fact, I was 16. And I... I uh, I was going to high school. It was a funny scene. Uh, to me, it was funny. You know, thinking back on it now, it's even grotesque. But I was 16 years old. I was going to high school. And I was doing this little job on the local radio station on the south side of Chicago. Actually, in Indiana. But that was part of Chicago. You know, you, if you don't know the geography, Hammond, Indiana clings to the bottom of Chicago like some barnacle hanging on to the bottom of a garbage scowl. <laughs> and, uh, so it really, there, there's, no, there's no differentiation. And on Christmas Eve, it's a very different scene throughout the Midwest than it is on both coasts on Christmas. In fact, I was talking to a friend of mine the other night who had just come out from the Midwest, and he says, well, he says, you know, Christmas out there is, is very different than it is either, either in Los Angeles or San Francisco or in, in uh, New York. I, why? Well, there's a lot of reasons, a lot of ethnic reasons for it, a lot of other things. But nevertheless, it is a very different scene uh, out there. And and here I am. I'm this kid, and I I won't tell you the story. I'll just suggest what it was. I'm this kid, see, and I'm doing this little sports show that I had on Saturday mornings on this local radio station, a high school sports show. When the radio station program director came up to me after finished my work. One day, work, I was getting, you know, like a dollar to do this show. And it was, oh boy, fantastic feeling, you know, to be in glamorous. I'm in radio and showbiz and all that kiss and all that stuff. And uh, he came up to me and he says, come into my office, will you? And I says, uh, what's up? I figured, uh-oh, here it is. You know, I'm going to get fired now. Gee whiz. He's come in, come in. And so I go into his office. He says, shut the door, shut the door. So I turned around and I says, uh-oh, this is really it. So I shut the door and he says, sit down. I says, uh, what's the matter? And he says, how would you like this Christmas? How would you like to be Santa Claus? I said, what? <laughs> I'm 16. I still believe in Santa Claus. You know, I said, what do you mean be Santa Claus? He says, well, we're looking for somebody to play Santa Claus on the radio. Do you remember that when they played Santa Claus on the radio? Remember when every radio station had a Santa Claus and he got all the letters from all the kids telling him what he wanted? Well, that Christmas, I played Santa Claus. I was 16 years old. <laughs> and I'll tell you, it was one of the wildest radio shows I had ever been involved in. And it was one of the very first experiences that I ever had with real radio. And it was, it was really something, uh, that, so if you, now you're not listening, but you're gonna have to make a note. Hey, wake her up in there, will you? Uh, make a note about the story that I'm about to tell and tell him to call back, will you? So, uh, it was very exciting. And I will tell that story on Christmas Day, the time I played Santa Claus. When I was 16 years old, in this radio station, fantastic ramifications. I have a feeling that's gonna be one of the things I'm gonna really plan to do for this night this Christmas Eve.
And uh, you know, one thing, one thing I, w- I would like to ask. Well, I'll, I'll not even. I want. I'll keep this till tomorrow too. This, 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 uh, this wild gift list. And you know, Christmas. Christmas has inspired some of the greatest poetry of all time. There's no question about that. I'm talking about uh, all the uh, all the legends and so on. But it it has also inspired some of the worst poetry of all time. Some of the most totally sentimental pouring out, you know. And and there's one thing that po- that that Christmas has always meant to most people. And this is one of the reasons why Christmas is a traumatic. Uh, to many people, especially if they're way far away from home, they're in a, in a foreign city or something, it's always been a traumatic experience because somehow Christmas has always been related to going home. Isn't that true, Mario? For some reason or other, it, it always has been related, and, and that has been the theme of almost all the Christmas poetry of one kind or another. And I have dug up, through the courtesy of one of my vast, for, well, out of my vast network of spies out there, I have, dug, I have dug up a Christmas poem that I'm sure not many of you have ever heard. And, and, and one more thing has to, be, has to be put in here, just sort of, a, sort of a footnote before we read this poem, that, uh, that connected with Christmas poetry, and I have a great collection of poetry. I love to collect this stuff. I have particularly the turn-of-the-century poetry uh, of America, the American genre, which has not yet been fully recognized for what it is. It's a purely American phenomena, and it's the poetry of a mobile people. It's the poetry of people who, from the very beginning, were on the move. After all, let's face it, when, when America was, was settled, it was settled by people who were on the lamb in one way or another. They, they had a skip. They had to get out of wherever they were. They couldn't, either they couldn't stand it, or they were driven out, or they were looking for something else, but they were restless people. This is one of the things, too, that even today the Europeans sense about the American, and it makes them a little uncomfortable and also a little envious. You know, you're always envious of people who move a great deal, who are, in a, in a way, uh, universal people. And, and the, the European sitting in his little, in his little home somewhere... Uh, in a small town outside of Paris, he has a vague sense of envy when he sees those. Even though he puts those American tourists down, he has a vague sense of envy. Look at them. They're going all over. They've been everywhere. They, go, they, go, they, they travel all over the world. And you, and you can't deny there is that in that, uh, that, that envy. There is that in, that in that view towards Americans is that envy. But we, from the very beginning, were a moving people. And for that reason, a lot of our poetry has to do with people on the move. Robert Service, uh, Wordsworth, for crying out loud, he, he wrote a great deal about uh, people on the move. Uh, this, this, this runs through all of the 19th century poetry, much of it, uh, of people, ruthless people, people moving west, people always grabbing and reaching and trying and going somewhere and never really finding paradise, you know, never really finding this fantastic Oz or whatever it is they're looking for. And that's part of our poetry, and, and particularly in Christmas. One, I ought to read, in fact, I may read tomorrow, A Bum's Christmas. Now, what is more ruthless than a bum? I mean, they have bums in other countries, but the bums are not the same in other countries as they are in America. And an American bum really is a, a, a type which 
by the way, was eulogized and put into codified form by such great performers as Charlie Chaplin. Uh, you notice that the that the uh, that the that the uh, universal characters that come out of Europe are not bums. They may be clowns, uh, they may be buffoons, they may be Punch and Judy, but ours is a bum, and that's an American concept. It really is, and that, and they recognize that all over the world. Charlie Chaplin is is an is an example of the ruthless American who just you know he just goes on his way. He has no home. He just drifts through life. And he's insouciant, and he's ready to make it tomorrow. But the point is, he's a bum. He's drifting. He's, he's a hobo. And that is an American figure. And you want to hear a classic example of the American on the lamb bum type of Christmas poetry? All right, here we go now. All set now? Uh, hey, come on. T t tell me to call back. This is getting out of hand here, will you? Uh, <laughs> we, we just got to wait here for a minute till we get our, our little timer. There, there. Okay. All right, now, how much time do we have? Now, I'm sorry, don't get mad. You don't know. See what I mean? What? No, I mean before we make station break, because I've got to know these little things. Three minutes before the station break. Uh, because I've got, to, I've got to get my... Now, don't get angry, because, you know, we're trying to do a show here, and I know he wanted to talk to you, but we've got other things to do. All right, now, let's, let's get, let's get uh, into this piece of poetry. This is a great piece for uh, Christmas night, Christmas Eve. My brother. Now, first of all, I'll tell you what the name of it is. It's Rattling Home for Christmas. And it's by a writer named Grant Reynard. I never heard of him before. And you probably will understand why as soon as we hear his poetry. My brother funneled goodbye through his hands. Good luck. Good luck, kid. Merry Christmas to the folks. Lonesome there on her caboose steps, I waved into the black Los Angeles night that devoured him in one last dark bite as the celery train slid down the mist-wet yards. <laughs> Headed home from too much California, it seemed a soggy Christmas trip ahead with winter rain and clank of bumpy frogs. Besides, the crew knew I was a tenderfoot messenger, wished on them for a free ride east. I stayed out back with the brakeman for a while. He was grumpy and wet and unsociable. But the night was wild and weird, winding and jangling down the yards with light-shot mist from switch engines and steam from other trains as we slid by. Over the bump, bump, and clang of the disjointed old worm taking curves, her engine whamming away, an impatient swelling roll of black belched chugs, coughing the cars into a smooth rhythm and sucking us out of the sulfur smelling tangle of the yards. Clippity, wickety, clappity, clip, past wet eucalyptus and pepper trees, Mexican shacks and dull street lamps, coal yards and shanties. The soaked Spanish church over Plaza Way lifted its dull bells into the drowning sky, went smothered in ink. Jap and Chinaman asleep over there, waiting to curse her bells in the morning. The sudden sharp clangor of crossing bells, a fat sleepy switchman, his lantern swinging. Wet Fords and Buicks with sore drivers cursing. What right away had freights, anyhow? Chinamen, Japs, and Mexicans sleeping. Pepper trees weeping. Real estate boosters boosting the climate. Weather's unusual for this time of year. Clippity, clickety, out goes a green light. 
On goes a red light, red light, red light. There goes a Mexican rain cinder, splattered to clicks of a rhythm. Wobble and sway, clank and snap, cold yellow celery cars, sucked by an engine. The end of the night. Goodbye, Los Angeles. Come quick, Nebraska. Okay, we'll read the rest of this immediately following our station. How do you like that? It's all right, man. Uh, speaking of on the road, this is uh, speaking of bums. This is WORAM at FM, New York. <laughs> Miller High like the bright, clear taste in beer. Miller High like the champagne of bottled beer. There's only one champagne of bottled beer. Sparkling, flavorful, distinctive. Miller High Life. Brewed only in Milwaukee from a century-old recipe, Miller High Life has a rich heritage and tradition. A bright, clear taste. Unequal, unquestioned, unchanging. Available on tap, in cans, and in the familiar crystal clear bottle. Miller High Life is always sparkling, flavorful, distinctive. Enjoy Miller High Life yourself. Miller High Life, the champagne of bottled beer. Yes, Miller High Life, the champagne of bottled beer. Brace yourselves for greatness. The book the world could not lay down is now a motion picture. The Spy Who Came In From The Cold. Starring Richard Burton as Lemus, who never found a man he could trust. You've broken the bloody agreement, and barring miracles, you've broken my bloody neck, too. Or a woman, either. Alec Lemus was your lover, wasn't he? Yes. Have you had many lovers, Nancy? The Spy Who Came In From The Cold. The story of the spy as he really is. A man who knows the dirt as well as the dazzle. Paramount Pictures presents Richard Burton, Claire Bloom, and Oscar Werner in The Spy Who Came In From The Cold. A Martin Ritt production. Yeah, I'll have to see that myself. I hear it's all right. Now playing at the DeMille and Coronet Theaters. I enjoyed the book. And uh, I don't know. We'll see. I haven't seen it, so I have no way of judging. Now playing at the DeMille and Coronet Theaters, the spy who came in from the cold. Let's see. We got the... Do you have another one in there? Or are they all live? Good. Okay. Uh, Rober. And uh, since this is Christmas Eve, we're not going to make a big deal about the commercials. I will say, however, that uh, the Rover people are still with you, and I presume that uh, all the people at Rover wish you a Merry Christmas and hope you got a Rover 2000 under your Christmas tree, which I doubt. That uh, would be a very big Christmas tree. And if you haven't seen the Rover 2000, if your old man gave you $4,552 for Christmas in a little package, you might find it an interesting car to look at. Incidentally, by the way, one other thing, too, I must point out. Somebody wrote me a note about... The rover power. Uh, Americans are power mad in their cars. Uh, I, I suppose you're aware that the that the Rolls Royce does not have as much power as uh, a medium sized Ford. Are you aware of that? But there's a lot more car there, Dad. <laughs> Indeed. And uh, as a matter of fact, most American cars use a heck of a lot of power up doing nothing. 
And uh, we can go into that uh, at great length. And, and by the way, they also have another way of, ju- of, uh, of, uh, of categorizing power in America than they do in Britain. Do you know that? They use a, ne- a different system, like a Fahrenheit versus the centigrade thermometer. They both are degrees, or they're both horsepower, but they're very different. So I would suggest you take a look at the Rover 2000, which is a great automobile, and incidentally is favorably compared with the Rolls-Royce. And that ain't no jazz. Let's see, we also have with us uh, one of our old friends, the Electronic Workshop, and uh, undoubtedly they're closed tonight, so if you've got a hum in your tuner, it won't do you any good tonight. But uh, if you if you uh, realized uh, any good hi-fi equipment or anything over this Christmas and you would like to know about an organization that is not only ready and willing and able to uh, do a good job of servicing it, they are also willing and ready and able to take it in on trade on something really good that you want. Uh, it's the electronic workshop, and among other things, they have the complete line of the magnificent KLH. Uh, hi-fi equipment, which, by the way, is what I have used for years. Uh, I have a KLH old Model 8. Do you remember that one, the Model 8H tuner? And it's a great piece of, of equipment. Electronic Workshop, 26 West 8th Street, and their number is Gramercy 30140, and they wish you a Merry Christmas. All right, is that it now? Okay, let's get back to our great poem. Uh, let's see. The last line was, if you remember, Goodbye, Los Angeles. Come quick, Nebraska. Okay, let's get back on that rattling old train. Oh, yeah, man, what a sound. Inside the warm caboose, I found the close air rank with smoke and oil. My dollar watch said half past nine. Would freight men think me soft to turn in early? Or did they think about a tenderfoot of all? Lunch basket, suitcase, lantern in a huddle, pretty wet overcoat to turn into a blanket, so I held it near the greasy stove to dry it off. Stale smell of rank hamburger, wet clothes, bitter smoke. The place spun around. The conductor cursed while sorting papers, spat an amber arc that hit the ash box near the stove. I couldn't talk his stuff, but tried my best to not look soft. The brakeman lurched in with a mighty oath, and seeing me so grobby, showed me how to make a bunk out of the seat's hard cushion. And I laid down. Doesn't that sound great? He's in that caboose there. Wickety-wackety-clip. And wick, clappity, clippity, wackity, wick. Pepper trees wet, Chinaman snoring. Where's your brother, boy? Lost in the rain? Go on now and sleep. Forget the sharp rhythm. The wickety whack, clickety clap. Hold your Los Angeles dinner, old kid. Mexicans, Chinamen, real estate boosters, boosting the Japs off into the ocean. Glass bottom boats and gay Catalina. Wickety whack. She woos for a crossing. Fire spattered windows, all shining with rain. Girl, what a jound. Try it on the right side. You're bound, Christmas kid, for Grand Island, Nebraska. How did I get to this wet California? This wickety-wackety, boosting old state? My brother. Oh, yes. My Los Angeles brother. He, wickety-wackety, wrote me a letter. Come west, old kid, to my bright California. Get out of Chicago. You're busted. I know it. You're... 
wickety-wackety. Art makes me know it. I know it. I know it. Don't stop in Nebraska. Come west to my firm's ranch in swell California. I'll get you a job tossing crates on a wagon. You'll sleep in a bunkhouse with Japs and Chinamen, Mexican Teamsters, and strings of red peppers. The food will be lousy. Beans that are flat and pies that are lead. No, he didn't tell me. I found that out later. And homesickness got me with Christmas time nearing. The bunkhouse was lousy with varmints and fat chili beans. The rickety, rackety, roaring old bunkhouse, her bean-laden plates and her bug-laden beds, the moth-eaten cats and the patio daytimes, the wickety-wackety old dirty strings of crummy old meat, red peppers and corn. Nights in the court there were cool eucalyptus trees singing and swaying, shadowy Mexicans teasing guitars, cowboy songs, lamplight, moonlight, lantern light, starlight, lights from a cigarette, dying and growing, growing in, de- in jet, soft, reedy tang from hidden harmonica, sweet pepper trees and breezes, Sierra. Where's your lost brother, boy? Where's your Nebraska? Celery special. Don't stop at a siding. Your wackety clippity wackety wick won't stop into my brain. Whack her up again, your slapping, tapping, roaring train rhythm. That's it. Couple on two engines to climb the high Sierras. Bright and snorting, they cough a tattoo, sharp and cacophonous. Pent-up explosions that grow more asthmatic. Quick barks gone dull, their edge not so eager. The steep rails blunting their power. Tugging, we settle, exhausted, and gripping the tracks with our air brakes. Pull, whir, and slip. Feed them sand, engineers. No rain up here. Mexicans and blurred lights and olive groves and oranges all swallowed up back in that California mist. Climbing high, cold California. Cough, cough, chug, you twin steel horses. Pull us high above the oranges, the lemons and the walnuts, the groves of fat, young grapefruit, the bright, quick filling stations. Los Angeles, Los Angeles. My Christmas special soars the high Sierras. She's lifting me and coughing me clean over into flat and dry, bright deserts where the air is blinking white and the snow blows dry and crystal and the funny stubbly mountains look all twisted twisted by a blowtorch goodbye you tired twin engines now the whang and click and rattle of one smoking charger clips us over pinion plains and crossings where the shacks and the fords look pygmy and the alkali air tingles boy forget the homesick finish of your California fling Here's the wickety-wackety-clickety desert, stretching, clippity into light. The old train's a clicking zinger, winging swift along her steel, thrusting through the funny mountains, blighted pygmies, chuck with romance, mule teams, gold, and squatters bleaching down, down there below, in the thin, dry powder of the blowing, cold, icy, bitter winter snow. Yeah, snow that's dust. And dust that's sparkling, clickety-zip and flang of signals, clipping down on semaphores, water tanks, and tiny depots, crazy hats with wide gray bins, red bandanas and bananas in the coffee, steaming lunchrooms, Mexicans and half-breeds, Indian women blown and bending in the backs of rattling wagons, 
wobble-wheeled and drawn by skeletons, manes and tails white-spun with glistening snow. Slowly now, we settle in the sunlight and clank to a quaking, yanking stop. And a new caboose crew. And we go wanging again across the blinding desert, bound for Mormon, Utah, with a whirling funnel tail of dusty snow and smoke. Come on. Stand in with the brake man. Trade a hot new western necktie. Throw it in with your good lantern. Brakemen always trade their lanterns. Swap with easy messengers. Come on, you Los Angeles kid. How about some fried eggs, huh? Frizzled bacon, eh? Coasting, winging through Nevada. Ringing straight across her chill, bleak waste of crackling alkali. That's night again. Dark again. Flight on the desert. The wackety, crackety, rolling old desert. The clear, sharp staccato of yellow cars pounding along the flinty rails, springing on toward the Mormons. Crack the sweet, dark old celery special. Think of the cowboys away over yonder. Tonopah, Utah, Reno, Death Valley, Borax. Over the rim of the clean, twisted skyline lies Reno. We're winging. Keep your horses. You can keep them. And your cowboys, your divorces. Whacking and cracking across the long rolls, the humps on the desert. The crinkle-rolled, pie-crusted, lilting, cold, crummy desert. Screech. Boiling engine. Whoo past the sidings. Clang your hard bell and blow your white steam. Christmas. Nebraska, your tenderfoot's coming. He's slicing the night on a celery train. Wham, flam, you semaphores. Gush on, big water towers. Roll over, deserts. Ooh there, you cinder train. Cut through Nevada night. Slicer, eater. Take me to Schmelzer, Grand Island, Tonopah, 3rd Street or Omaha. Woo on, old click. Desert dawn. Old pack, I'm with you. Caught up, sore boned in your motion. Clear, clean desert dawn. Half unconscious. Half conscious. Whistling winds that blow your lengths and whistles keening, piercing the half light, dancing over sheets of gray. Bacon frizzling, crackling, snapping in that shack. Her light gashed window says the cowboys want their coffee. Sagebrush, whirling, bouncing, dancing. Dark brush, whirling in the dawn light. Cars are rushing. Skies are blushing. Bacon, sage, and cowboy's coffee steaming, steaming. Engine gleaming. Fling me on toward old Nebraska. Dawn that crawls through Colorado, through Wyoming, Utah, Denver. Climbs up over rocky ranges. Fires the prairies, burns the sagebrush. Citrin. Trembling eastern skyline. Dark, you can't stay back her steady march toward noon. Rabbits, prairie dogs, and coyotes. Are you wide awake, my hometown? Has old Fleet put down his window, got his breakfast, opened shop? Has the Samson dog come over, cadmiumed up our back door snowbank? Whew. That was a quick crossing. Tremble, lift and soar, sweet daylight, rush and push your long thrust, steamers high across the squatting desert, horny lizards, broncos, mesquite, muddy-sided snow-roofed houses on the ranches, on the sidings, water towers, old mail sacks, swinging from their gunshot arms at stations, shine and quiver flesh with daylight, lift, 
swift soar and springing heavens slow and start again. Join the clinking, squeaking symphony. Ties of light across Nebraska. Scuttle deserts lost behind us. Spring and jump us into Utah. There you go. Come on now, celery train. Tame down your rhythm. There it is. Utah must have Mormon motion. Break and tame your urgent clicking. Try it now. The country's rougher. Try a rhythm more befitting Brigham Young and Joseph Smith. Slow down, you yellow cars. Gently around the lake. Can those be seagulls? Lost far inland? Gray birds with swinging wings? Wide in the sunny sky, whipping the blue waves of salt, choppy, brackish water. Rattle on. Clickety, clickety, clickety. Look wide, Nebraska kid. See the horizon. Blue deep. Listen to them talk. Against the low dip of the air. Bright puddle. Sink of salt. How did you get this way? How did you get this way? Was it a tidal flop? Pushed your Pacific bulk over from China? Is this part of the ocean here? Mighty splash, jumping high, snowy Sierras... Boiling down splintered slopes, big swishing, salty, brackish, rotten, nothing sea. Snow-heavy Mormon earth, cottonwoods, leaping with snow. Swing your beat, Christmas train. Crack us to Mormontown, great Salt Lake City. Climb into Wyoming. Freight, push up high Wyoming grades. Engine seized with fright. Crawling back to sleepy crews, over-smoked and rank with bitter coffee. Grinding, roaring winter freight, boiling over high Wyoming. Tooting conversations, drifting back through the night. Green blocks, red blocks, twinking, glowing, burning holes in leaden mountain night. The brakeman crunching off down padded ties, his lurching lantern gone and found on black... Taking a curve or swallowed by a tunnel, night gobbling him, an inky bite, sulfury signal flares, and street wild snowbanks, the cold clear gong from a lunchroom, steam hissed hot against the snow, the crack and groan of ice encrusted night around us everywhere, the warm shouts and echoes of train men to yard men and yard men to town folk. Thawing the brittle night with friendliness. Collapse at a siding. The noisy, giant accordion settling in the snow. The cold, distant hammer of a limited along the rails. A sweep of thunder crashing by and showering us with cinder-strung snow. The old special shivering and coughing into action again. Puffing, tugging, carrying her celery until she shakes off the clanking convulsions and slams into a roaring stride again. Down the long slopes from the top of Wyoming. Kohler, you fireman. Yank her wide open, you fat engineer. Smash us. Slash us down from the high Sherman. Cheyenne, we're humming. Our brakes may not hold. Shriek past the tank towns, the old Indian yank towns. Zip us past sheep 
warm and white-weighted barns. Click us into a frenzy. Celery from California. Rocking down Wyoming inclines. Whip us into a whizzing fury. Fling us out of the prairie. Down across Nebraska flatland. Rip us out of old Wyoming. She can have her sheep and Indians gravel, hustlers, sleet and badlands. Kid, a thrill. You've hit Nebraska. Brakeman there says, there goes the state line. Whoopee! Hey, Third Street! You hear us coming, Third Street? Oh, wow. Home state. What a bitter, cold reception for your Christmas prodigal. Ranches fixed in glass, bright with stinging mirrors. The glittering sheets sealed over coyotes, cattle, Indians, pioneers... See that windmill's steel stock skeleton break the brittle prairie? Bleak lost section houses stuck in doom like frigid wastes. Clatter on through squat, starved towns with icicles hanging from water towers. Whistled out over the flatland train. Whackety wickety, clip on through. Cutter gully wash tight crust. Buffalo Bill once blazed at bison here. Thundering herds rocked this old landscape. The Platte, her banks all red and gory, her summer sands like deserts, carp and catfish holes all drying, covered wagons, squeaking hot, Indians circling guns and cattle, bark and roar, you California cars of yellow, coal stored, celery gold, ice iron state, home state, you're cold. Glad and sad, home state, to feel you now at last, underneath me, straight ahead for miles, unbending, tracks, tracks coiling, on beneath me, flying homeward. Christmas kid, I'll slide in tonight, Grand Island. Heart stop pounding when I say it. After all, I can't delay it. Wham, that town was Ogala. Whack us out of the old Kozad. Getting dark, we crack through Kearney. Would the cherries phosphates taste as good at Harry Tucker's drugstore as they did when my folks took me there on trips to county fairs? Had Mother trimmed the Christmas tree in the alcove off the parlor? Down we clank through Wood River and skidded into Alda, where I'd shot doves behind the water tanks. Past the sugar factory, the stockyards, and Ott's ice house. Celery strings slow down. Hometown's good. And pitch to greet you. Lights off left in Bartling's place. Gee, coast on down past Edding's Mill. Flashing lanterns, switches, engines. Slow wheels crack along the frogs. Caravan, grind hard your air brakes. Shutter. And settle to a stop. Dingy end, old special. Past the black pile of the freight house, near the darkest end of Front Street. Climbing down, I quit her dead. More a fugitive from celery than a native Christmas sun come home. Hard old special, tired from clanking, yellow cars. Soon you'll be whacking wickety click toward Omaha. So long, train. So long, train. Take on an engine. Find yourself a crew of brakemen. So long, train. So long, old buddy. Find yourself another messenger. 
One who won't desert you when he hits his old hometown. So long, old train. Good and glad to ditch you. Smelly celery string. So long, train. Rotten old train. Tattooed suitcase, battered basket, lantern, coat and all. My trappings. Dragging up along wet front street. Schaefer's lunch. Kelly's bar. Tough guys groggy in the pool room. Feeling numb now that I'm landed. Sneak up Locust into 3rd Street. Samson's dog will take you for a bum. Look out now. There was the old gray house. The front porch. The front porch light. The shivering caboose lamp on the snow. The Christmas tree all winking in the alcove. Glad you're home, son. Dad whacked my sore shoulder, and Mother, excited and hurried, felt melted and old when I kissed her. They'd waited up nights for my chariot, not sure when the special would come. Was I frozen? How about a bite to eat? Did I sleep in the caboose? How was Fred in California? You're thinner, son. You folks look great. Gee, you're old. You failed. The house has shrunk. Things are so little here. Uh, Mrs. Saunders sent those cookies, boy. Kind you used to like. Did you see the new station at Kearney? Uh, Dad, what was the name of that big fat conductor who used to shoot ducks at Cat Island? Callie Farnsworth has a baby girl, no kidding. Was it colder in Wyoming? <laughs> How is Fred's firm making out? Son, you seem kind of quiet. Tell us, tell us more about the train, or are you tired? The folks sitting there, the old house warm, Samson's horse pounding in her stall, and there'll be buckwheat cakes for breakfast. You took a rocky ride, boy. Just to be here. Don't you go thud now, Christmas homesick kid. Oh, yeah, yeah, I got a cinder in my eye. I guess it was in Utah, but the trip's kind of hard to describe. Yeah, yeah, of course it rains in California. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, I saw him taking movies. I wonder if the train has gone as far as Central City. Guess you're pretty sleepy, son. No, no, I'm not so tired, Dad. Anyone but building on West 3rd Street? Oh, yeah, the noons are hot in California, yeah. I think this boy had better turn into bed. Come on out and see my mince pies in the kitchen. And there was Dad's old fishing tackle. Snowy silences. They failed. They're thin. They're old. I wonder where the train is now. I wonder if it's out near Omaha. Whackety, wickety, whackety, wick. Out of old Grand Island, hurl me. Get me out of here, caboose. Get me out of here. Rock, wham, and rattle, click. Cold steel, uncalled behind her. I gotta get out again. I gotta move. Rickety, whackety, wickety, whack. Yeah, ticking brain. Twanging guitars creeping in. Come on, take me off. Get me out of here again. Let's get out of here. Soar, swing, fly, you old celery. Shiver me down. Crackling cuts, wild with stars. Conductor's guts. Rip on train. Jerk out the throttle. Tear a hole. Across the night. Roar me. Wickety, whackety, anywhere. Get me out of here. I know. I can't be a third street kid anymore. I gotta go. Gotta get out. Christmas didn't work out again. Wow. Only an American could have written that. This is the forerunner to Jack Kerouac. This is the forerunner to On the World. Uh, in case you're interested, that was written in 1940. 
just before the big war. Rattling Home for Christmas by Grant Renard. I just can't go home again. Pure American and a yard wide. You can hear echoes of Thomas Wolfe, echoes of Wordsworth, echoes of Edgar Guest, echoes of Jack Kerouac, echoes of protesters everywhere. I can't go home again. And you wind up blaming home. Somehow it failed. Somehow California didn't make it. Third Street didn't make it. Where do I go now? Merry Christmas. Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.